You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. In Numbers 13, the men who had gone up with them in verse 31 said, We are not able, we are not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. Is it true? Yes. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land with their spiders, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. They came from the giants and were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. <laughs> Very powerful people. They could see from their own eyes and they could see from the eyes of the other people. But, but you see, we can laugh at them. But do you know that anytime you're afraid of something, that's what you do. You magnify what you're afraid of. Everything you're afraid of is never, never as bad as it is. Anytime you feel fear, remember these people. The way you're laughing at them, laugh at yourself. How many of us have friends and relatives outside the country who have called you from time to time and say, how are you, how are you surviving in Abuja? They say, hey, thank God, though. Because as far as they're concerned, you know, shites are killing people. Everybody, you know, every day on the streets, they, they're killing people everywhere, everywhere. But you live here and... You know it's not that bad. It's bad, but it's not that bad. So look at this. We say, so were we in our own sight. And even in their own sight, fear comes with exaggeration because the author is fear is the devil. He's a liar, a master. He has PhD in lying. He has PhD. Some of us, common code, we are suffering common code. By the time fear comes in, you see cancer. Common code. Cold that's just sleeping well or eating serious pan, hot food will solve. Sweat, you just sweat, it will stop. When you analyze it, you analyze it, you just begin to, the devil is a liar. Praise the Lord. And fear is the opposite of faith. The only difference is that faith is true. Praise the Lord. Faith has substance. Fear has nothing. You understand what I'm saying? So as a believer, we are called, say the judge shall live by what? By faith. So when challenges come, step out of fear, step into faith. Praise the Lord. And that was what happened, you know, in this account that we looked at with David and Goliath. David stepped into faith. The other men were running away from the giant. David was running to him. Praise God. Like our brother reminded us, they're saying this man is too big. We can't kill him. David was saying, I'm a hunter. I use catapult. The bigger, you see, catapults are used to hunt what? Birds, squirrels, isn't it? And they come in small sizes, so the hunter may miss. But imagine hunting a giant. You can't miss. Do you understand? See how the thing turns around, depending on where you're looking at it from. So David said, no, this is a battle I win. He started operating in faith. Part of that story that we didn't touch, when you go home and look at it in that first Samuel 7, David said to him, I will kill you and I'll cut off your head. David had never used a sword before. He didn't even own a sword. Remember, Saul gave him his sword. He said, I have not tested it. The first time he was going to use sword was after he had spoken, he would cut off the man's head. So when Goliath fell, David got there. First Samuel 17, 49, I read from 49, so we'll see. 
He said, then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. Now, what does the other statement? But there was no sword. You don't even need to have what you need to finish the job. It will come as you go. Do you understand? He prevailed over him with what? A stone and a sling. But if you go back, you see that David said, I will cut off your head. So they reminded him, remember, you are to cut off his head. So he looked. The Bible said he had no sword. Which means he did like this. He didn't see sword. He remembered Goliath had sword. But let me ask you, at this point, where was his armor bearer? Where was his armor bearer? The armor of flesh. The Bible says they come against him one way. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where was he? So David took the sword. He didn't have a sword. Praise God. That's what faith does. Faith, you see, they say, who gives you the confidence? Who do you think you are? I don't think. I believe God. What I don't have, he is. His strength is made perfect in my weaknesses. The one who makes us sufficient for this call is God himself. You know, people listen to you, they hear you, and they say, ah, he's thinking, no, you're not thinking too much. You have a supplier, an omnipotent supplier. Praise the Lord. So David said, I'll cut off his head. He didn't have some, but they provided some. Praise the Lord. So I want us to get that attitude in. In this world, you will have obstacles. It could be in the form of infirmity. It doesn't mean that everything that comes to you is to bury you. How many of us have heard this story? Um, I think I may have told it here before. A man's donkey fell into a well. Okay? A dry well. Now listen to this. Fell into a dry well. So the man made all efforts to pull it out. He couldn't. And he loved this donkey. After some time, in frustration, he decided, well, there's nothing he can do. Let him bury this donkey. Okay? I mean, instead of just hearing it, you know, crying and all of that over this. So he decided, he went and got sand and got some people with him and they started helping him to just bury the donkey in the dry well. So they started throwing in the sand, throwing in the sand, throwing in the sand. After some time, the donkey just walked out. What happened? As they were throwing in the sand, the donkey was shaking it off his back. When he shakes it off his back, where he's standing gets higher. They throw him more sand, he shakes it off, where he's standing gets high. Until he got to the point where they threw the one that he saw, and then he could bring out his legs and come out of it. It's the same attitude. Don't be crying, this is stacked against me, this is stacked against me. No. In fact, as I was meditating on this, I don't have the statistics, but I noticed that in our world, a lot of people who have made tremendous success didn't come from extremely successful families. You see, you don't need it good to excel. You find out athletes, you know, scientists, many of them, if you read their life story, you'll see obstacles, obstacles. And then you think that those obstacles should shut them in. No, what those obstacles do is that it propels them. But it takes a right attitude. If not, the obstacles will keep you down. 
And that's what we have as believers. We say that when you say you're a Christian, then you have said that you don't believe death is the final bus stop. For you believe that your Lord and Savior was killed. In today's world, we'll say he was uh, murdered, isn't it? But that murder became the best thing that happened. That's why we call that day Good Friday. It's an attitude. Praise the Lord. When the doors are shut against you, when failure, when disappointment, when things come your way, process them as a believer. Don't process them as an unbeliever. Praise the Lord. Last Wednesday we said, and we know, Romans 8.20, and we know that how many things? All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What's his purpose? That he might be known. So you find yourself in a situation, you say, it's not about me. Praise the Lord. Another important point we learn from, you know, these people in the numbers is that before you can fall before a giant, there's something you must believe which is not fair on God. These people said, Numbers 14 verse 1, it says, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. You see why they were weeping? Very important. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Oh, if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? What is the conclusion of their attitude? God is not good. Is a warfare. Is a warfare. Before you can crumble before any situation, you must first tell yourself God is not good. Either you say that or you say God is not able. And that's where the problem lies. This is what they said. They said, why did God bring us here to die? He should have. Now, they were in Egypt and they cried to God and God did what? Delivered them. Now, what did they say? They're saying God should have left them in Egypt. Meanwhile, we know, we understand that God does not start a thing Unless he has finished it. He's Alpha and Omega. God does not abort his processes. God will not save you unless he has already predestined you. And that predestination is not to shame. It's to glory. Him whom he called, he also justified. He ordained. Praise the Lord. So these people had to make that conclusion. So for me and for you, any situation we're in, what do you say about God? What do you say? If you're saying God is good then you are in the right place. If you're saying, why God? You need to adjust, I beg you. Because you can't fall on the giant that you believe that God brought before you for his glory. But if you see that God brought the giant to kill you, then ah, you see this God. No, praise the Lord. And that's why in the same numbers now, verse 8, Joshua said to them, the solution is not all that you're doing. God is doing something if he delights in me. In fact, if I were to preach one sermon for the rest of my life, I would keep preaching that because it will solve all problems. If the Lord delights in you, sir, if the Lord delights in you, man, you win every battle. He said, who is he that created the blacksmith that puts the coal in the fire? And blows the weapon. He said, who is he that created it? Who is he that sees everything that is being planned against you? You think if it delights in you. That's why he says, no weapon formed against you shall what? 
Why? Because you, I have delighted in you. So I will not allow what they plot against you to do, to prosper. But the mistake we make is that we also forget that God raises enemies against his people. When they disobey him, when they fall out of line, praise the Lord. Oh yes, that's the truth. God raised the Babylonians, God raised the Assyrians, God raised the Chaldeans against the children of Israel when they disobeyed him. But as long as they were pleasing to him, he was giving them victories everywhere. So the battles that I'm in, there is still one way to win. Delight the Lord. And thank God for the God we have. The Bible says there is forgiveness with him that he may be feared. So even when I've made the mistake and put myself in trouble, in the middle of that trouble, if I cry to him, mercy will come and the thing will be turned around. Praise the Lord, somebody. If you're in doubt, ask the fish that swallowed Jonah. The fish swallowed Jonah was thinking he had had the best meal that he was going to enjoy for some time. And then Jonah repented in the belly of the fish. God said, fish, sorry, sorry, refund the food you ate. The fish grudgingly transported him to Nineveh and just spat him out there. That's the power of God. Who was troubling the ship? It was God. Who sent the storm? It was God because Jonah was disobeying him. Who sent the fish to swallow? It was God. So there are battles, there are situations we are in because of disobedience. But because we are Christians and the Spirit of God is in us, he will convict us. And we know this thing I'm doing is not right. If we repent, in that moment, the power of God is able to save to the uttermost. He saves and he turns everything around. And then everything works for good. Who knows how much effort Noah would have needed to put to convince Nineveh to repent. But when they saw a man and they say, where is this man coming from? He says, he's the one that the fish vomited. Everybody will be trying to hear, what does he say? What does he have to say? If he landed by normal transport, everybody's coming out from a Kennedy Lichuku or from a, from a, from God is good. And he comes out with them, he's talking, he says, my friend, keep quiet. But they say, which transport brought him? He said, fish. <laughs> Submarine, thank you, sir. <laughs> Submarine dropped you. What did he say? The king said, I beg everybody. You're, that's all things working together. Praise the Lord. Oh, okay, I want to show some scripture, you know, just to help this attitude we are learning. Amen. Praise the Lord. To learn to have this correct attitude. Let me show you some interesting things in the word of God. In the journey the children of Israel had to the promised land, there are some very interesting things that happened. And come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 1 and 2. It's an interesting place. When we go home, we can read the story. I'll need to jump. But come with me to chapter 2, Deuteronomy 2. In Deuteronomy 2, we're told, I'll read, okay? It says, then Moses, you know, giving an account there, says, then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea as the Lord spoke to me, and we scattered Mount Self for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, you have scattered this mountain long enough. Turn northward. And command the people, saying, you are about to pass through the territory of your brethren, the descendants of Esau, who live in Sir, and they'll be afraid of you. Know that. They'll be afraid of you. Therefore, watch yourselves carefully. Do not meddle with them, for I'll not give you any of their land. No, not so much as one footstep, because I've given Mount Sir to Esau as a possession. You shall buy food from them with money that you may eat, and you shall also buy water from them with money that you may drink. Now, notice what is happening here. The children of Israel were to conquer this land, and as they were going to go, God said to them, you're going to meet a people. 
These people are the descendants of Esau. They live in Mount Seir. He said to them, these people, verse 4, will be afraid of you. Praise God. If you are going on a battle and they say you're going to meet some opponents, they'll be afraid of you. What will you feel immediately? Ah, let me go and beat these people silly, isn't it? Let me finish them. But what did the Lord say to them? He said these ones, don't touch them. Don't meddle with them. Opposite of the world. The world acts strong and is aggressive over those who are afraid of them. The truth is this, as a Christian, the people that are weaker than you, God has not raised you to fight them. It's the complete opposite. He said, give me five, please. I like the word that they use there. He said, do not meddle with them. Don't touch them. These people, treat them with respect. Buy food from them. Buy water from them. And pass their land. Praise the Lord. Okay? You come further down. You come to verse 9 again. It says, okay, let me read 8 and 9 again. It says, and when we pass beyond our brethren, the descendants of Esau, they are passed who dwell in Israel, away from the road of the plain. I'm reading 8. Away from Elath and Ezion Geba, we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor contend with them in battle, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given all to the descendants of Lot as a possession. And verse 17, he says again, Jump to 17, please. That the Lord spoke to me, saying, This day you are to cross over at Ar, the boundary of Moab. And when you come near the people of Ammon, what? Do not harass them or meddle with them for what? I will not give you any of the land of the people of Ammon as a possession because I've given it to the descendants of Lot as a possession. Now, God is saying to them, all these places, you're going to pass through them, okay? I've not given them to you. These are the very people that Israel would have loved to just finish because they were afraid of them, okay? Now, what is that saying to you and I? The battles that seem so easy, that's not where God is looking for you to fight. In fact, God has designed you and I to fight giants. Praise God. You're going to sing. 24. Jump to verse 24. Rise, he says to them. Take your journey and cross over the river Ammon. Look, I've given into your hands Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon. And his land begin to possess it and engage him in battle. This day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the nations under the whole heaven. Who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you? 26. Now, God said this to them, 24, 25, 26. This is what Moses did. And Moses sent messengers from the wilderness of Kedamot to Sihon, king of Heshbon, with words of peace, saying, Let me pass through your land. I will keep strictly to the road. And I will turn neither to the right nor to the left. You shall sell me food for money that I may eat. And give me water for money that I may drink. Only let me pass through on food. Just as the descendants of Esau who dwell in Sir and the Moabites who dwell in Ad did for me. Until I cross the Jordan to the land which the Lord our God is giving us. 30, what does 30 say? But what? But Sihon or Sihon king of Hezbon would not let them pass through. For the Lord your God would hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate that he might now they have passed through two lands and because those lands God did not intend to give them over the people did not challenge them what am I saying you must rejoice at challenges is an indication there is a treasure there for you 
Listen, as a believer, the area the enemy has often harassed you, when you go tonight in the place of prayer, say, Lord, give me the victory in this area. Do you understand what is happening here? When God said, I've given you the land of Sihon, king of Heshbon, possess it, you will think that the man will be running from him. Now Moses went a step further and proclaimed peace. Now, I don't know why he did that. Maybe for our admonition. Maybe for our learning. But Moses said to the man, we won't fight you. Follow peace with all men. Isn't it what the Bible says? So he said, I will follow peace. We will buy food. We will buy water. And we will only travel on the highway. We won't get into your lands. But the man didn't even allow them highway. You know why? Because God had given him to them. So he summoned his warriors and came and blocked the road. What is blocking your road today, sir? Is an area of victory. Is an area of victory. Is a principle in the scripture. Is a principle that has, you know, has been learned over the time. A woman was born, I can't remember how many years ago, a few of us may know this woman, I think Helen Keller. She was blind and deaf. What a combination, because blind people use sight. Blind and deaf. But this woman, up to today, if you Google her name, written books, you know, done all kinds of wonderful things. And you'll be wondering, if God wanted, you know, somebody to be so smart, then he should be seeing well and speaking well. The Bible says the thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Isn't it, John 10? What, any area he's fighting you, there's treasure in it. You just need to wake up. Praise the Lord. You just need to stir up your faith and refuse to believe his lies. In that particular area, begin to declare the goodness of God, the plans and purposes of God. The Bible said this king of Sihon blocked the way and said you will not pass through. Why? The Bible says the Lord hardened his heart. So any area that is hard to me is an indication of an area God has given me super victory in. It's not the easy places. We rejoice at the easy places. That's common. That's, that means nothing. But the obstacles, <laughs> the obstacles is an indication. He says, the Lord hardened his heart and he came out. See what happened. And the Lord said to me, verse 31, the next verse. See, I have begun to give Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to possess it that you may inherit his land. So what is the Lord's language? When they oppose me, he has begun to do what? Give them to me. I thought it would have been that when he opposed, God would say, I warned you. Don't pass that way. But when he opposed, God says, see. Look at that word there. See. What is he seeing? He's seeing opposition. Tonight, where are you seeing opposition? When you see, know that God has begun. God has begun. See. Behold. I have begun to give. And then he didn't stop there. He said what? You now what? Begin to possess. I have begun. See. See. Nobody in your family. Nobody in your house. No this, no that, no that. See. No that is an area of opposition. The Lord is saying, see. Can you see it? See it. I've begun to give. It's like he's whispering to them. That's a secret code. See the obstacle. And know it's what I'm giving you. Praise the Lord. See the obstacle. And see that it's what I'm giving you. Now what do you do? He said, begin to possess. If you read the story further down, 
The Bible says then, verse 32, then Sihon and all his people came out against us. The same way Goliath came out against David. It says Sihon and all his people came out against us. Some of us have been praying, let this thing not rise up. No, it's going to rise up because they want it to rise up and then you destroy it. Sihon and his people came out against us to fight us. And 33 says, and the Lord our God did what? Delivered him over to us. So we defeated him, his sons and all his people. 34, we took all his cities. At that time, we utterly destroyed the men, women, little ones of every city. We left nothing remaining. That's the way it goes. Praise the Lord. That's the way it goes. Chapter 3, the same thing. We turned another one and went up the road to Bashan. And Og, king of Bashan, came out against us. He and all his people to battle. On Sunday, Pastor Law was telling me about a, a, a man, a young boy, I don't know, who had some serious infirmity. And, you know, the type of infirmity that makes you almost a vegetable, okay? Very weak and all of that. They said after his treatment, you know the career the guy is pursuing now? Yes, he's a wrestler. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? When they come against you, put it into your spiritual diagnosis. He says, I've delivered. Begin to possess. But the normal attitude is once they come against people, run. But we're not running again. Praise the Lord. I say, we're not running again. In the name of Jesus, we'll be followers of those who through faith and what? Patience inherit the promise. Yes. Yes. Faith and patience. We take over. We take over. We occupy. We know that this is the way it works. This is the way it works. This is the way it works. We don't fall back. You know? The, the Lord said to me, tell the people, do you know if you're married there or if you have, um, or the women in particular, do you know childbirth? The trouble of childbirth. But you see women having seven. Do you understand? Childbirth. It's not an easy thing. But you see women having seven. What? The obstacle, the challenges, all of that, it doesn't stop the joy, the sweetness of the victory. It doesn't. No, you know, the Hebrews have a saying. They say they won't use because of shooting or killing to avoid war. There are some wars that are very beneficial. Do you understand? There are, so, there are some things that you can't turn your back on. Tribulation will come, but be of good cheer. You have been anointed to win. Do you understand? That's who Christians are. So with this attitude, you go to your office, you go to your workplace, in your marriage, things come up. You don't quit. You don't quit. Disagreements arise. Build on it. Solve that problem and let it cement that relationship. Let that marriage come out stronger. Praise the Lord. Let that person, let the beauty, let the anointing of God. You see, anointing comes from squeezing of spices. Praise God. In fact, everything God made, the beauty and sweetness comes out of pressure. And God has made you. And he's going, no, not just going to allow it to just float. Pressure will come as you respond rightly, correctly and accurately. What will begin to happen? Beauty, power, sweetness effectiveness, victory. Praise the Lord. Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. It says, I've begun to give. 
have begun to give. I want us to pray for ourselves. God has trusted us to bring down the obstacles that are before us. God has trusted us to hold on. God has trusted us to know whom we have believed. To be fully persuaded. God has trusted us not to run away. He said, if any draws back, my soul shall not have pleasure in him. We will not fall back. We've committed our lives to this God. He that has begun the good work in us says he will what? Be faithful to perform it until the very end. Why are we turning our backs on him? Brethren, do you know that Peter, before Jesus died and rose again, denied him? But thank God he didn't commit suicide. Praise the Lord. Peter denied him before the servant girl and a man. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost to how many thousands? Thousands. If you minus the number he denied and the number he preached to, what will you still get? Thousands. Praise the Lord. But the enemy could have finished him, said, look at you, you're not fit to serve God. Look at you. Look at you. Who do you think you are? Just go home. But if something said to him, no, I may have this problem. I may be Simon, but I'm also Peter. Praise the Lord, somebody. And he pushed through. I may be sick now, but that healing can make me stronger. Do you get what we are saying? I want you to talk to the Lord. They may have mocked me. I've told us here, every very rich man, when you ask him to tell his story, doesn't tell the story of how he was rich before. They always tell the story of how they sold orange, how they sold banana. If you're selling banana now, why don't you look forward to where you'll be telling the story, boasting of your current circumstances. When you were living in one room, they say, ah, there was a time we couldn't pay rent. Look at yourself now and see God glorify his name in you. I want us to have that attitude. That's what God has called us to. He has called us to the winning side. He said, in me, in me, there's peace. There's assurance. There's a certainty that the world cannot overcome you. For the he that is born of God overcomes the world. Yes. I want you to talk to the Lord. I want you to talk to the Lord. And some of us are facing some situations. Words have been spoken against us. Some of us, doors have been closed against us. And we thought it was final. No. No. It's an indication of interest. It's an indication of focus. Say this area. There's something that is going to happen there. Okay? Just know that God, nobody can stop him. Nobody, 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 nobody. What he wants to do, what he has promised to do, cannot be stopped. Cannot be stopped. Cannot be stopped. Cannot be stopped. His plans and his purposes, no man, no institution, no nation, no government, it can't. They said to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, God blessed him, blessed the seed of Abraham. Isaac was in a land, and they said this land is a land of famine. God said, don't worry, it's a land of famine, but you, Isaac, so in the land. Because the land of famine cannot stop the blessing that you carry. And the Bible says, Isaac sowed in the land. In the same year, the famine did not stop, but he reaped a hundredfold. Because God cannot be stopped. Giants don't stop God. Difficulties don't stop God. Obstacles don't stop God. The only thing that stops God is our unbelief. Our lack of faith, which sometimes proceeds to disobedience. But if you and I would believe God, Jesus, our Lord Jesus said to them, He said to you, if you would believe, speaking about a dead man, they wanted him to be healed. 
He said, even now, if you would believe. Tonight, somebody needs to say to himself, Lord, that situation may be dead. But I'm raising my faith to you. I'm raising my expectation to you. I'm raising my eyes to you. The doctors may have said there is no hope again. But tonight I'm raising my eyes of faith to you. Because I know that you are God. I know. Begin to tell him that he's omnipotent. Begin to tell him that he's omnipresent. Begin to tell him that he's omniscient. God is not late. Can never be late. Never runs out of time. He's God that inhabits eternity. All things are possible with him. All things, everybody answers to God. If God summons, who will not answer? If God invites, who will not respond? If God speaks, who can say no? Oh Lord my God, I want you to begin to exalt the Lord. Magnify 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 the Lord. Somebody, the devil is telling you it's too late to believe God. Do you know how bad things are? Tell them no, that there was a woman who was infirm for 18 years. And in one moment of the time, our Lord Jesus Christ raised her and said, Satan, your time is up. The devil's time is over. The devil's time is over. Somebody came here tonight just to receive this word. It may have lasted for long, but that mountain, that mountain, that mountain, that mountain is being moved. That mountain is crumbling. In the name of Jesus, I need you to know that God is dependable. God is reliable. God is faithful. We serve an awesome, 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 awesome God. Let me help you to know this. It's not by your power. Power is not by your might. No, no, no. It's by the word of the Lord, by the anointing of the Lord. Please, you can put Zechariah 4 for us on the screen, please. Zechariah chapter 4. You can put 6 and 7. Give us the amplified version. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. He said this, then he said to me, this addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to you, there was a vision he saw, a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive trees. It's the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Look at 7 now. 7 says, for who are you, O great mountain of what? Human obstacles. Now, notice something here. You know, I used to read this and I didn't see this before. You see, notice that the question had the conclusion first. Who are you, O great mountain? Question mark. So, it was a great mountain. Praise the Lord. That was not denied. But he said, before Zerubbabel. Before Zerubbabel. Okay? What are you going to become? He said, before Zerubbabel, you shall become what? Are you getting the sense now? It wasn't that it was not a great mountain. Hallelujah. It was a great mountain. But before it came, okay, okay, I want you to put your name. Whatever that obstacle is. But before your name, it shall be made a molehill. It shall be made a plain. Yes, school fees is a problem. But you will be able to pay it and have change. In the name of Jesus. What is that mountain? What is that mountain? 
they say this affliction, this disease, this infection, what is that disease? What is that story? What is that statistics? What is that thing? It says, yes, you may be that. But before the anointed of the Lord, before Zerubbabel, you shall be made a plane. You shall be made a plane. And the story will not end and will say we sweated. No. It will be concluded saying grace did it. God did it. Grace did it. The anointing did it. I want you to throw your hands up and ask the Lord, I need your anointing. It's not by what we are learning tonight is not willpower. It is an understanding that we have God before us. We have God beside us. We have God dwelling in us. We have Emmanuel. We have the Holy Ghost. We are not standing on our own. We don't make empty noises. Our hope is not a vain hope. We are born again. We have been given the right. We carry the presence of God. How is this going to be possible? By the anointing. By the power of the Holy Ghost. How did David do it? He said, with my holy oil, I've anointed him, the son of Jesse. Tonight, the same anointing is available. And mountains will move before us. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord our God. Thank you, our Father. I want you to begin to thank the Lord. Because his word is yes, his word is amen. His word is yes, his word is amen. He said to the disciples in Luke 24, 49, he says, you shall receive power. We are talking about the power of God moving mountains. We are not looking to ourselves. In us, that sufficiency is not there. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing makes the difference. The anointing brings that healing. When you go home, lay hands on that situation. When you go to work, speak to that circumstance. Whatever it is, know that you are not standing on your own. Know that it's not about you. There is a supply. There is a supply. There is a power behind you. The Holy Ghost is behind you to accomplish things that you cannot do. It's not by the might of man. It's not by the strength of the flesh, but by the power of the living God. And mountains are moving. Mountains are shifting. Healings are taking place. Open doors. Favor. Circumstances are changing. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you praise. Let's celebrate the champion, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the most high God, the mighty God. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We bless you, our King. Worthy to receive all praise. Worthy to receive all adoration. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Blessed, blessed, blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Listening to a message by Pastor Ikenaokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www at the Father's Church Online.org. God bless you.